Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. Well, good morning, you bunch of slimy snakes. So good to see you, you apathetic lot. Thanks for coming to church this morning for all the wrong reasons. Sheesh. Do you want to leave yet? I think I might. Those words are pretty much as uncomfortable to say as they are to hear. For some reason, though, these kinds of sentiments don't stop John the Baptist out there in the wilderness, not even for a minute. You remember from last week that John was the son of Zechariah, that he was raised to be a priest. Ten years of training later, he totally bucked the system. He left town and ended up way down in the boondocks, eating bugs and wearing hair vests. And yet, and yet, people are flocking out of their comfortable routines and traveling about 25 miles, which takes hours to hear John speak and to be baptized by him. And after that dry, hot, long, dusty day of travel, what do they hear? You brood of vipers, do better. Would you turn around and leave if you heard that? If I stood up here and pointed my finger and called you names, would you vote with your feet? Would you get mad? Maybe then we take a minute longer, and instead of focusing on John, let's look at his congregation. These are ordinary people. There are tax collectors. There are soldiers. These are people who do not ordinarily hang out with each other. Yet all of them have been drawn to this this wild man crying out in the wilderness. And after they are seemingly insulted by him, this very crowd does the most amazing thing. They say together, what then shall we do? What then shall we do? Somehow John the Baptist's message touches them so deeply with words that ring true. John is so convinced of the truth of his words that all around him are as well. What then shall we do? They're ready. And so is John. To the regular folks, he says, share what you have. You've got two tunics? Give one to someone who has none. You have food? Share it with those who don't. To the tax collectors, he says, be fair with your business dealings. Don't collect any more than you're required to. It was well known that any money collected above what the Roman Empire required was allowed to go into the back pocket of those tax collectors. Just one of the many reasons they were not loved, they were not adored. But did you notice? John doesn't put the tax collectors down for what they do. He just tells them to do their job well. Don't be ashamed of what you do, he says. Just be honest. I think we can all walk away with that in our hearts today. Sometimes what we do with our jobs, our professions, could get out of hand. We're tempted to take more than we should, perhaps not to always deal honestly, but we can, and they could. John simply calls them out and reminds them how to do it. Then there were those soldiers. John tells them not to use force or threats to deal with people less powerful than them. 
no false accusations, no extortion, and that they should be satisfied with their wages to start caring about what they do and who they do it with. So now, all of a sudden, repent doesn't sound that scary. And if all those people had the courage to listen to John, we can too. What I hear John saying is this, share, be fair, and care. Share, be fair, and care. That isn't that hard to hear, is it? Ah, but it's not always that easy to do. Hence John's slimy snake's comment, but it is certainly worth our effort. That effort, that work is the very fruit that John is talking about when he says the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then, here lies our Advent question. Are we bearing any good fruit from our faith? My friends, John the Baptist down there in the wilderness, he wasn't trying to plant a church. He could not have cared less about the bank accounts or the heritage of any person there. What he cared about was preparing the way for Jesus Christ. And I'll say that again. What John cared about was preparing the way for Jesus Christ. One who is more powerful than I is coming, he said boldly and clearly. I'm not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He's talking about preparation. He's speaking in practical terms. He's calling on us to notice others in need with food or with clothing. He's calling on us to consider the integrity of our professional dealings and to notice when we have more power than others, how we use our power for good. I do love the last line of our gospel this morning. After John the Baptist has basically roasted the behavior of all of his listeners, that brood of vipers, we hear this. With many other exhortations, he proclaimed the good news to the people. So like those gathered in the wilderness, let's stop hearing the good news as bad news and instead hear John's bold call to repent as a focus on what we might gain rather than what we have to give up or what we have to let go of. To hear his call to repent as a commitment to God's will rather than our own will. To hear his call to repent as an embrace of the power of God rather than a reliance on the false security of our own sense of power. You know, that crowd down by the Jordan, they could have had a great time that day. They could have walked home completely encouraged, but totally unchallenged. And I suppose if that had been the case, we wouldn't be talking about this today. But John the Baptist preached it. He preached it because he began to tell of the coming of the Messiah, and he allows us this very day to ask the same question of ourselves. What then shall we do? What then shall we do? Let us bear good fruit, and let us bring the good news of Christ's coming to all. Amen.